Hello everyone, welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today I'm going to be interviewing Robin Kerr, a video journalist who explores relationships, sexuality, and gender. He is in a polyamorous relationship himself, and today we will be discussing polyamory, the biggest challenges in polyamorous relationships, common misconceptions about polyamory, how to transition from being in a monogamous relationship to an open or a poly relationship, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello, Robin. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Hey, great to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. First question of the day, what elevates your soul? What elevates my soul? Well, I feel like I'm going to give a very uh, on-brand answer for the uh, the topic we're going to be looking at today. Um, I mean, I, I just, for me, honestly, what elevates my soul is relationships, connecting with people, uh, I'm polyamorous. I have been polyamorous for two years. Uh, I'm also like a journalist, so I'm quite interested in the world of um, relationships, dating, sexuality, gender. Um, but I honestly just just going on dates, connecting with people, having relationships, that's really what elevates my soul. Honestly, it's the stuff of life, and I feel like you you see so much about yourself. You learn so much about yourself through how you relate to other people. All right, perfect. Second question, what is polyamory? Great, great question. So polyamory quite literally means many loves. And I think it's important that we define polyamory in relation to monogamy, which is sort of the, let's say, the default uh, way that we um, have relationships uh, in the Western world. Uh, and monogamy, uh, if you quite, quite literally break it down, is um, a single marriage. And so it's, it's interesting to think because monogamy is not how we have always lived. When we, it, monogamy was, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to define, but people sort of say about 20,000 years ago when we move from being a sort of hunter-gatherer culture to farming on land, um, we radically changed the way we lived. And so from being able to have multiple relationships uh, in a tribe or over our lifetime, yeah. um, we, got really, we got really obsessed with heritage because we had these farms that we wanted to pass down in our family. And so... Um, or we got really obsessed with what's mine and what's yours and owning property. Absolutely. <laughs> and owning property. And that was yeah. quite a, you know, that's in terms of human development, that's a really recent construct. Yeah. And so when that happened, not only did, did um, this idea of, of hereditary ownership come into play, but also this idea that women in particular were the property of, uh, of a man, their husband or their family. And I think when we think about dating and relationships now, I think it's actually really important to engage with that because I think as someone who's a feminist or if you, if you consider yourself an ally, if you're just sort of wandering into monogamy unquestioned, it actually has quite an oppressive root 
behind it. You know, its history is 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 actually based on a power structure that, on some level, was designed to to oppress women or, or regard them as property. Yes. And so, so polyamory is something that outside of the the West there are cultures that still practice that to this day. Um, it's also something that you would find more common in queer communities, gay communities. It's not necessarily the, the norm uh, to to have um, this sort of idea of like, oh, you're seeing someone exclusively. Um, and I think for some reason uh, in the last sort of maybe 10, 20 years, it's really started to enter the popular consciousness of um, people on the dating scene. Now that could be for a number of reasons. That could just be um, the internet and people discussing ideas around this. This could be that um, suddenly with dating apps like Tinder, it's um, suddenly we're not in this like scarcity of being able yeah. to find other people. Um, I mean, even in just my experience, I found that uh, as someone who dates and defines themselves as polyamorous on say dating apps, even a year ago, I would get people saying, Whoa, what's polyamory? I've never heard of that before. Yeah. And even in, say the last year that's not a question i get anymore somehow um people understand what that term is and mm -hmm. you know it's not for everyone and i i totally appreciate that there are people and and i'm and great i'm really i think this is just like such a dream when people do meet that, that one person who can satisfy all their wants needs and desires yeah but this is sort of the script of how we go about relationships doesn't allow them to um, get what they need from from one person, and I and I guess there's a there's a tragedy, I guess, when either someone has to soldier on unhappy in a relationship, or yeah. or it, both it, of them silently, right? Or both of them silently. You know, another word for polyamory is ethical non-monogamy. So yes. those two those two phrases go by the by. You can still cheat on someone and be polyamorous. You can be unethically. You know, you yes. can act unethically exactly. um, if you're not telling your partners about what's going on if you're not being transparent but i guess i feel really sad for people when we when they end up cheating on their partner uh which is you know increasingly common uh you know m the majority of uh marriages end in divorce um and so for me i i i feel like uh if people were more willing to question the sort of standard rules that were handed down about relationships and negotiate those with their partners and say, well, what's the right setup for us? And it might be monogamy, you know, it might be monogamy. Fantastic. It might be monogamy for now. It might be monogamish. Uh, it might be an open relationship. Um, but also I think it's, it's important to say like, yeah, maybe we want to, uh, maybe we want to be polyamorous. Maybe we want to be able to have, sexual relationships with other people but also it's okay to to, to have romantic relationships with other people within yes. polyamory yeah yeah it, it, a polyamorous relationship can look so different from one person to the next mm, totally totally and i guess that's that's also part of it i think because monogamy you know uh uh we've seen a a, a million and five movies uh, romantic comedies or yeah. um yeah. stories about the princess getting the prince waking up the princess and them living happily ever after. We know what that looks like, but polyamory is this bizarre catch-all in a sense, because if you start to define what a relationship is for yourself and it's not following those standard rules, you can end up creating something that that's quite distinctly different 
from um, from the rest <laughs> from the rest yeah it's, it's so true it's so true like monogamy seems to come with a rule book that we're all very aware of at an early age you know that's how we're conditioned to think the only way to be in a relationship is and then when you see something like polyamory it's just so different and that's why like for myself how you said even over the last year you feel like it's getting more and more common and people are understanding what it means mm. I think a lot of time I still like to give some explanation because sometimes people will just nod their head and say, oh yeah, they know what polyamory is. Or you'll say you're in a polyamorous relationship and they'll nod as if they know, but they not, they're not really sure, but they're too intimidated or shy to ask you what that actually means. Yeah. Um, yeah definitely. Because the thing with, the thing with monogamy, if you just say, oh, I'm in a relationship, you know, with so-and-so, or if you just say I'm monogamous, it's just like, oh yeah, everyone knows what that means. But even if you understand polyamory and like for both of us, we know what polyamory means. If you were to tell me you're in a polyamorous relationship, I still would have no idea what your relationship would be like. And you would have no idea what my polyamorous relationship would be like. Mm, mm. Because in, in the web of polyamory, it's just all completely, it can be so different. You know, you could you can be in a lot of different relation shapes. Um, yes. you, you often um, it's referred to as a polycule. So a polycule um, kind of can be a, a bunch of weird shapes. You know, um, Dorothy can be sleeping with Mike. Um, Mike is in love with um, Jeremy. Jeremy is married to um, uh, Margaret. Um, Margaret also has a live-in boyfriend, uh, Steve, and together Steve, Margaret, and Mike are raising a child, you know? So that's a, yeah. a pretty, that's a kind of a pretty amazing shape to map out. And you might call that a polycule and people can sort of quite, as, as, as obviously happens, people will come and go from that or, or someone in that um, uh, polycule may start a romantic or sexual relationship with someone else or, or, or a relationship or a uh, 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 sexual relationship may end between two people. Um, so that's often referred to as a polycule. So you yep. can call yourself solo poly, um, you know, without having to be in a relationship. Then, you, you know, there are people who are in relationships with um, one other person and can define themselves as polyamorous they yeah. um that some of the terminology is and people have uh, differing opinions about whether this is good or not but um often people would describe having a primary partner which might be someone who's like your nesting partner you might live with them you might have a child with them and then yeah. you might have secondary partners who um you know maybe it's more dating or uh, uh you see each other when you can I, i've actually been maybe i'll maybe i'll tell a little story so i've actually been a secondary partner to someone and it's actually really freeing sometimes to know that you're not having to be the be all and end all uh for them you know you can exactly. if they're out of town uh they come and see you and have a lovely experience with you and then they can just take off and you can go about living your life so it's not always a, a bad yes. thing to be second fiddle yeah but um also some people do it, it kind of can be quite bruising uh, to me, I just find like yeah. it has a lot to do with the amount of time you spend with them as well. So it's just mm -hmm. like, it just turns out that you happen to spend more time with Tom than you do with Michael or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. 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 One of the key tenets of, of polyamory is understanding that there is no scarcity of love. We're, we don't, if we have multiple children, 
it doesn't mean that you you love one of them and then you've got no room for love for the rest you know yeah. you can you can love multiple people and that actually um i think this is the hardest thing for a lot of people to understand and i think this is quite a challenging idea for some people but when you love someone and then you also love someone else you can and you're transparent about that with both people you can bring a lot of that energy and excitement and fulfillment that you're finding in those two relationships to each other yes um you're just a happier more fulfilled person and you're able to bring all of that joy to all of the relationships you have exactly exactly at the end of the day if you love someone you just want to support them in their happiness and whatever makes yeah. them happy you know yeah interesting and when you said as well how um the shapes or whatever they can they can change uh, but in some cases, some polyamorous people are closed as well in their relationship, right? So from my understanding, you can have an open poly relationship or a closed poly relationship. And when it's closed, that means that, you know, whoever's in it now, it kind of stays that way. And no one is open to adding more partners to the family tree or the web. Yeah. 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 I was, I was watching a, a fantastic, there's a fantastic uh, online web series called extreme love and extreme love often will, will show you, you know, camera will follow uh, a family who are in some um, sort of very different um, non sort of atypical relationship. And yeah. this was um, a woman in America with two husbands. Um, obviously, they are not legally her husbands. Yeah. I think she's married to one of them. Um, we can get into the politics of that uh, <laughs> later on. Um, but one of them is the father of her two children, but the three of them together are raising those, those kids. Yeah. And for them, yes, that, that's, that's a, that is a relationship that is closed. Um, right. And they've, felt, they've found quite a um, fulfilling live-in dynamic with each other. Um, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. For me, it's really, I think that's, that's really beautiful. I, I think, um, you know, another thing obviously to note is like, uh, it's, it's fun being a cool millennial and dating and saying, oh, you're polyamorous, but, but also like, yeah, there are parents out there who, who are raising kids in, in a polyamorous relationship. And yeah. every one of them that I've spoken to have just said that, um, childcare is a dream. <laughs> you're not, you're not short of hands. Um, and that I think, I think that's a really interesting idea. It's not something that I have necessarily experienced by myself, but I think yeah. as it becomes more and more mainstream, I think we're going to see these, um, families that aren't, uh, uh, you know, we, we know that we've, we all have friends or you, you may yourself have had, um, yeah blended families where uh you know you might have like a step a stepmom or a stepdad yeah and so there's sort of this kind of growing understanding that yeah you can have multiple guardians you can have multiple parents and i think as exactly. um, polyamory becomes more widespread i think we're also going to see uh we're going to see that become much more true i think but it's it's a lot different though as well because like what we've had a lot of in the past is you know these single mothers or single parenting and from you know the people i've met who've been grown up with a single parent it's it's not seen as something uh that people want you know it's kind of they were pushed into that situation because they divorced a husband or they had an abusive partner they need to get away from or they were widowed and their partner died uh that was my case that was like my mom her 
you know, her husband died. And so she was a single mom and she raised all of us. And then you also see, um, yeah, having those step parents and like the step mom and that's when, but that's still tied around monogamy because that's, you know, the husband and wife or whatever getting divorced and then seeing other people. And a lot of times in those family dynamics, it is a bit awkward between the caregivers because they're not all getting along all of the time. Sometimes Mm. it's fine, but you know, some of them still have that anger or resentment towards their ex and the kids will feel that. And that's very different than what you were saying as in the future, like having a polyamorous family and the kids seeing all of their guardians and their parents getting along and loving each other. And that doesn't mean that they're all having sex with each other. It just means that in a sense, they all, they, you know, they all value the relationship that they have with one another. And there's a lot of respect there. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that polyamory is this amazing thing that if you do it, everyone's going to be happy. You know, any relationship, any relationship that you're in, There are going to be challenges. There are going to be struggles. There are going to be fights and resentments. And I think, uh, uh, um, you know, whether you're in a monogamous relationship or a polyamorous relationship, the key thing is just communication and um, learning to listen to your feelings and then be able to convey those in a way to your partner that's constructive, that's not destructive, that you can then um, be open to finding your boundaries and negotiating um, how you'd like things to be going forwards based on where you are now and being open to change those, being open to change those. Exactly. Um, yeah. And change is hard. <laughs> change is very hard. Change is, is hard. very hard. I mean, one thing I can't speak to because it's not my experience is how to open a relationship or, or transition a relationship from yeah. being monogamous I know that um, yeah. some, people might, some people might dip their toes into to swinging or being in an open relationship mm-hmm. um, where there's sort of people sort of understand how to, how to do that. There's definitely apps out there where you could meet people who are sort of curious about that. Um, but if you are in a monogamous relationship and um, you are uh, looking at whether either alone or with your partner, you're thinking about um, transitioning to polyamory, my only advice would just be like, take it really slow. Yeah. Don't rush into this and make sure you're taking care of each other. Cause it's very, can be very frightening. You can, it can be very hard moving from the sense of, um, ownership and, yeah. um, and love. Um, but it's, it's all, it's all very possible. There are also groups out there. So I'd encourage you to, uh, and I know in New Zealand, there's a fantastic group called polyamory New Zealand uh you can search that up on Facebook yeah and it's uh ostensibly it's a it's a it's a big agony aunt column of people being like I'm in this situation what should I do and Mm -hmm. a lot of people just reaching out and skin giving advice which I think is really useful and there are also meetups so um and I think it's really empowering to meet up with a community of like-minded people wherever they are in their journey, whether they've been doing it for 20 years or yes. whether they're just taking this, the first baby steps into it. But just to know that you're not alone, um, just yeah. to normalize that and actually sort of be like, oh, cool. This is just, this is just a thing that's happening. Exactly. Um, yeah. I was, that was one of my questions actually as well was mm. because I do, since I've been polyamorous, I've had a chat with a lot of people, more so girls that are in a monogamous relationship and they're 
wanting to change that and like try out being open with their partner or polyamorous or whatever. And they're like, how do you, you know, like, how do I communicate with my partner that I'm even thinking of this? Because then once I've, you know, once you've said it, it's, it's out in the open. And so even if the partner's like, no, I don't want that. Then you're like, oh shit. And then (laughs) your other partner will just be like, oh, you know, are, are, is she or he, still satisfied with me because she was the one or he was the one to bring up wanting to explore other people and bring other people into our relationship you know so like once you've said that it's already out in the open and I think that's why so many people who are in a monogamous relationship will fear to open that up and personally personally I think that is the hardest way to do it like for me I never dealt with that either I was just like and end whatever ties I had with monogamy. And then when mm. I went in and I met my new partners now, as soon as I met them, I was like, yo, I have two other boyfriends. Like, do you want to join the crew or not? Mm. Like, this is how I am. Um, you know, for now, it's not going to change. Um, but yeah, I think for people who are in a monogamous, monogamous relationship and they're wanting to open it up, at the, the end of the day, all it is is it's a huge challenge for the relationship and that's Mm. either going to bring you closer together or break you further apart so it's 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 really and in in a sense you can see that in a good way that that you're challenging your relationship to see how strong your relationship is like are you really gonna still care for each other are you gonna learn to communicate with each other better you know are you gonna be there or is it going to turn into this competitive thing where you're like, oh, well, you're sleeping with her, so I'm going to sleep with him. And, and now you have two partners, so I'm going, to, I'm going to just settle for two partners that I'm not really interested in. And, you know, is it going to become this competitive, jealous game? Or are you really going to learn to face your insecurities and communicate and learn to share your lover with someone mm-hmm. else? Totally. I mean, I think there's a couple of things that I want to sort of say to that. Yeah. One, I think is um, that there's, you can do this out of love. You know, you, if, if your partner approaches you and says, Hey, I, I want to open our relationship. You, you can think about that as a threat or you can think about this as something that um, is like in a sense, a long-term investment in your relationship. It may be hard to make that transition, but if you really are committed to this person and want them to be happy and to have a lifelong journey with them, then getting over that hump and opening the relationship and managing to preserve the beautiful things that you have together, then um, you're getting past a potential make or break moment. Um, Another couple of things that I want to say to that um, is that just because you're opening up a relationship doesn't mean that it needs to be symmetrical. Someone may have needs that the other person doesn't have. And that is fine. If someone is like, but you complete me. Yeah. Cool. Great. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. Fab. I'm so happy for you. But if, if you are feeling like you, whether it's, um, you've got a lot of heart and soul and you want to share that with other people without that sort of hurting your partner, then that's okay. The same, um, the same things doesn't, don't need to apply. Um, your partner doesn't have to do those things. And so in negotiating what it is that you want to be able to do, I think it's, 
it's important that yeah you don't think that um that mean that that means whatever your partner wants has to apply to you or, or vice exactly, versa exactly yes yeah. i've been faced with that challenge myself in my relationships for mm-hmm. sure but as well yeah. i feel like it's it's a if the other person is like oh well you know i feel like i'm made to be monogamous and i love monogamy while the other partner's polyamorous it's like mm-hmm. the it can also pan out that the person who wants to be monogamous will just force themselves to be polyamorous and find another partner to cope mm. with the mm. other person seeing other people mm. so it's, yeah. it's it's a chance for every person in the relationship because when you're in a polyamorous relationship i f- i feel like you also learn more about yourself and you mm. need to establish a good relationship with yourself and if you don't mm. have a good relationship with yourself it's going to be really hard to have a healthy smooth you know mm. loving peaceful polyamorous relationship mm. Mm. i mean another thing that often comes up um it's a question that i hear a lot um and i think i've definitely heard uh people who are considering opening up their relationship they'll they'll go okay well what are the rules you know what are the rules what are the rules yep. then like how do we how are we going to do this and i think that word is a really dangerous word um because monogamy is based on rules and as soon as you're questioning monogamy in a sense you're questioning rules another word that i would just say is boundaries what are the boundaries what are the boundaries that we we feel we have what what would make me uncomfortable if you crossed that boundaries can move and you can sort of find boundaries you might um you might do something and then talk to your partner about maybe you had a sexy weekend and well, lots happened. Well, Oh my God. Um, and then they may, they may go, Hey, that's actually, I'm actually, Oh, whoa, hold up. This is actually a little upsetting to me. And wow, you've found a boundary. Now you can discuss what that is. And, and actually you may find that over time that boundary may disappear or, or it may move. They may become much more. And what's, what's the difference between a boundary though and an insecurity? I think an insecurity, um, I mean, the key, the question that everyone loves to ask uh, about polyamory is uh, uh, how do you deal with jealousy? How do you deal with jealousy? People, people are obsessed with this question. Or they think that people who are polyamorous aren't jealous. Like a lot of people think that I'm just someone who has no insecurities and doesn't get jealous. I'm like, no, 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 no. no." Yeah. I mean, jealousy is something to be managed um and i think jealousy is a root cause of jealousy is insecurity so um i think if you are valuing your partner and you've set up um uh you know open communication where you are letting your partner know what's going on in your life um because you want them to understand and be abreast of everything because you care about them then hopefully you're not triggering their insecurities but if things are left vague or um, they're seeing you have a great time with someone and uh, um, they might feel a bit like neglected or they may might feel like, Oh my God, they're finding so much joy in someone uh, that yeah. I can't give them. Oh my God, are they going to leave me for them? Or yes. uh, you know, that's when the insecurity comes out. So again, I would just say like communication is just so key. Yeah. Um, communication is a two way street, learning to be vulnerable with your partner, learning to communicate openly and constructively. It's a big challenge and it's not skills necessarily that 
everyone has, but it's a key part of the practice. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think just returning to the thing around rules, I think if you were, if you were to open up your relationship uh, and start off with a set of rules, like, um, well, uh, uh, no more than one partner, or uh, right. I need to get permission. Uh, you need to give me the chance to like veto this before. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I think you're setting yourself up for a lot of jealousy. You're setting yourself up for a lot of competition. Um, I think a big part of, of polyamory is, is trust. So, um, yeah, I would encourage people not to think about rules, but yes. just take things slowly and negotiate what yeah. it is you want to try and check in with each other constantly um, so that you're taking care of yourself and your partner each step of the way. You're not leaving someone in the dirt to get hurt and, and feel insecure, feel jealous, but also at the same time, you're not um, trying to control in the, in the same way that if we think about your, your partner as property, you know, yes. he's mine, he's my man, or she's my girl. Yeah. You know, don't, don't try and control them and their behavior. Just, just try and be, be calm and, and negotiated as you go. So I've, I've uh, definitely experienced that within my relationships uh, mm-hmm. or my relationship. And I found though, it, it, it's kind of a balance. Like I'd say rules aren't good nor bad. So for me, my partner was trying to at at one point it felt like he was trying to place rules on me and it felt like he just completely misunderstood the concept of what I wanted. And I wanted to be polyamorous, not to be able to have sex with anyone I wanted or to go on dating apps or anything like that. I just wanted to be polyamorous to have that freedom to experience Mm -hmm. any connection that I had with someone Mm -hmm. if I were to meet them and these rules when certain rules were made, I felt like you're completely not understanding me and you're completely missing the point of what I'm, what I'm wanting or, or what I'm needing right now in my life. But then after, you know, more and more communication, then we kind of found a way that, that there were still some rules applied, but they were in a sense good because they, it was almost like a slow transition. So instead of being like, okay, you know, let's just be polyamorous and, you know, go crazy. It was kind of like this slow transition. And I feel like if, if you say no rules are good, like I understand where that concept is coming from. But at the same time, if you truly love and respect the partner that you're with and you mm. understand where they're at, with their insecurities and say, okay, Mm. you need to find that balance between how can I still respect my partner and how can I willingly, you know, inch them forward through this process so that they still feel safe. But at the Mm. same time, I'm not like diminishing what I want and my totally. So it's that middle middle ground. I, I totally agree. So one, one boundary that me and my sort of primary partner have is, um, around transparency we've worked really hard to um be transparent uh, not, yeah. not just like past but uh, ahead of time like this is yes. this is my plan for the week and a big this is this is it sounds quite funny but a big thing for us was building a system around that and so we use a google calendar we have a shared google calendar and yeah. we see, we can see we put in the dates that we're having or 
the time that we're spending with someone else or, or each other. Yeah. Put that in. And so you can just see that. And for me, that is great because it means there's no, there's no sense of fear or, um, you know, you're, you're not, you're very clear about how much time someone's spending with someone. Yeah. Um, and you can sort of ease yourself into the idea of like, Oh, okay. They're going to go see this new guy. Uh, oh my god, uh, I love Thursday that. That's such a good idea. I honestly, love it so honestly, my my philosophy is that polyamory should be boring. If polyamory is boring, like if polyamory is mundane, yeah. you are doing it well. You know, and I think yeah. that's the thing is like it's it's really easy to get caught up in the sensationalism of 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 being and something new and exciting. Yeah. But I, I I completely agree. You know, a big part of this is you know it's, um uh like being careful of your boundaries and the boundaries of the other your partner or partners and finding systems in which you can sort of take care of those needs or not trigger those insecurities. So, um, again, I, I mean, I think, I think rules for me is, is, um, uh, you know, there's a couple of ways you can interpret that, you know, yes, you may have rules of respect between a relationship, but I guess the thing I'm discouraging is like using rules as a way of trying to control the behavior of someone else. I think, as you sort of said, there's a certain amount of liberty, which yeah. polyamory is about opening yourself up to. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it, yeah, it's also just getting the other partner used. Like, it's not something that you'd want continuously for 10 years, but it's kind of like, cool mm. for the first year, let's set up this boundary so that, yeah. so that I can help you feel more comfortable. But then after that year, you know, don't place that expectation that I'm going to keep, you know, yeah. And I think that's the thing is like it, with, with boundaries, you know, you, you just kind of almost organically find where you stand, you know, as yeah. long as you're communicating with each other constantly, you know, you might go through moments where this is, this is something that's happened to me. So, uh, uh, I've been on both the receiving end and I've been the other person in this. So, uh, one of you might have like a, a really sexy weekend where you're, you're seeing a couple of people and whoa, lots of scandal. And oh my God, it was amazing. Holy, holy hell. What a, what a weekend. But some, your other partner has also just been dumped by someone and is feeling really lonely, really. Um, yeah. and, and, and vice versa, like the same, I have, I have been in both of those positions. Right. And, um, so suddenly your needs change, suddenly your needs change and you actually want more from your partner. You need a sense of security or yeah. their behavior, which when things are say a bit more symmetrical, um, might not have triggered you in a way and i think that's again it's just a matter of communication and 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 just um spending time with your partner talking about uh uh uh, your relationship but also the other relationships that you're in and um just getting really clear and taking care of how how you're feeling yeah i agree i agree communication is key and if there's Mm. not too much talking going on i I said, that's not always the best sign. You want, you want there to be a no. lot of communication in polyamory, totally. especially in the totally. beginning phase when you're just getting used to it. Yeah. I want to ask you, what are some common misconceptions about polyamory that you've heard of when communicating with other people? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so people often jump to, oh, it's a sex thing. Totally. It's a sex thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I think this is sort of, people again because people understand what swinging is people understand what an open relationship is but i think this idea it's kind of bizarre in a way right like you can say like oh i'm a swinger and people go like whoa okay cool wow amazing uh but you can say like oh i'm polyamorous uh i i i i love two people yeah people people get horrified by that you know what i mean like how how is it how is that more 
full on. Well, which one do you love more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one do you love more? Like it's a yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds strange competition. So um, I think that uh, yes, this this idea that you can love multiple people uh, is quite a foreign concept to people. Another one that I think people um, sometimes misconstrue it as is polygamy. So yeah. polygamy, yeah. you know, a man has multiple wives, you know, like if you were, uh, um, you know, there are societies in the world that have a tradition of It's, it's religion polygamy. based though as well. Yeah, right? it's, it's yeah. often associated with religion or, yeah. um, and I guess this is a key thing, like this is sort of me bringing my sort of feminist politic back again. I think you're really getting off on the wrong foot with someone if they think that polyamory is about the oppression of women. Um, for me, I, I do see it as questioning something that has traditionally oppressed women, but if someone is misunderstanding it as polygamy, polygamy is definitely about the oppression of women. It's the yeah. ultimate example of a set of rules applying to women that don't apply to the man. He can have, exactly. you know, like the Sultan and his harem, you know, is another image yeah. of, polygamy um that's a misconception i think that um that some people have um yeah so i think those are the sort of big two that jump to mind for me um but i think people are getting more and more aware of the the word and 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 what it means as it's becoming a bit more widespread well that's why i'm making a podcast about it right so (laughs) bring the awareness there right and when yourself when did you when and like how did you decide to become polyamorous yourself like when did you transition from monogamy to polyamory and why mm, great so i um i used to be like a, a card carrying flag waving member of the monogamy club i was a mm-hmm. i was big on monogamy like i was white picket fence fantasy and everything oh. i was all about that and i I guess there were a few steps. So one was growing up and seeing all of my friends' parents' relationships fall apart. Yeah. Um, and then um, I guess that's sort of an experience that became increasingly common. Um, my parents are still together, but obviously, like, that's that's a rarity and it is a challenge um and then as i entered relationships myself i i have been cheated on yeah i i have also struggled with ethical non-monogamy myself um and so i came to polyamory by meeting someone who was polyamorous and they introduced me to the terms they were in a primary relationship and I found it really almost, uh, I f- it felt right um, to meet someone, to uh, be introduced to a philosophy that was in line with my behavior or my so desires. You actually, you actually met someone who yeah, was polyamorous. Who... Was polyamorous. Oh. And then um, it was also kind of interesting because, again, just bringing back the question of like, um, well, don't you get jealous? Don't you get jealous? Um, So I found uh, as a secondary partner to this uh, couple who, who, who were in a primary relationship, um, I, I felt what's called, um, Oh gosh, I forgot the phrase. Um, So, you know, the opposite of jealousy is sort of feeling truly happy for someone. Um, And 
truly happy for someone else's happiness, right? Yeah, truly happy for someone else's happiness. And um, I guess, you know, there'll be moments where, uh, oh, it's compersion. So you feel compersion. So when you see someone, like one one example that um, I'll paint is, uh, remember my partner would be like, oh my God, it's my boyfriend's birthday coming up. Boys are so hard to buy for. What should I get him? Yeah. And so I would, I would give her advice and then she'd be like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. And she'd go out and she'd buy it. And she'd be like, oh my God, I bought the thing. Look, I bought the thing. And then she'd book her flights to go down and see her, her, her partner and then send me a message being like, oh my God, he loved the, the thing. The um, and, and then I, you know, and I only felt joy for them. Right. Um, right. And it's funny because like, I didn't feel people are, people are obsessed with this question of, of like, don't you get jealous? And I mean, I mean, maybe it's something in my programming or maybe it's just that it, it arrived in at, with me at the right time, but right. I never felt jealous in that relationship. And that was really an eye opener for me. Right. We're no longer in that relationship, but I have sort of carried that forward with the relationship that I've started. since. Beautiful. Then. But you felt jealousy in in the past with your monogamous relationships, you said. Yes, I had. And I think that was, hmm, so I had a partner who, I had a partner who tried to open our relationship up to something uh, not strictly monogamous, but they just never made me feel safe. Yes. They they never reversed roles with me. They never, I, I, I was open to the idea, but they, the way they, essentially they just wanted to fuck other people. Yes. And that was sort of the phrase that they would use. They'd be like, I just want to fuck other people. Yes. Like, okay, wow. great. That's not making me feel safe. Um, yeah. I, I, I would totally, like to do that too, yeah, but you're, yeah. you're I'm, I'm worried about your motivations here. So I totally um, agree. Yeah, Sorry. I have to yeah. just like, <laughs> jump in, I have jump to just in. say it's, it's so true with like the different partners I've had since being in a polyamorous relationship as well. And even in monogamy, even in monogamous ones, there are just certain people or certain boyfriends I had that I was just like, yeah, I trust you. There's no, there's no like feeling in my gut, like, Ooh, maybe I should check up on them or, Ooh, maybe I should look at their phone when they're in the shower. But then yeah. certain people, you're just like, it's, I feel like it's an intuitive thing. You're just like, I don't trust you. And I feel like that's super duper duper important what you're touching on now as well is like when it comes to polyamory, there might be people who are interested in it. And it's like, if you're interested in it and you're listening to this podcast and you're listening this far in, ask yourself, why are you interested in it? And then why haven't you given it a go yourself? And it might actually be because the person you're in a relationship with now doesn't give you that sense of security or trust Mm. that you need in order to be in a polyamorous Mm. relationship. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's two things that I wouldn't, you know, um, uh, if you want to learn more about polyamory, I would totally recommend you you read The Ethical Slut, which is often guarded as like the Bible of polyamory. There's also a couple other things that I'd encourage people to do if you want to, if if communication is the bedrock of any relationship, there's two things that I encourage you to look at into. One, One is this idea of dispassionate communication. So, um, uh, not... Uh, allowing your communication to be driven by emotion. It's a practice. So you can um, sit with your feelings, listen to your feelings, sit often in long periods of silence with your partner and um, communicate once you've had a moment to make sense of those feelings. Because if you're just going, I want to, I want to fuck other people. Then uh, it's very, it's your, it's very, you're, you're provoking an emotional response in someone else, but then, 
you're also feeling a strong emotion and then they have to deal with their own emotions, but then also take care of your emotions. So it, often you can get into an argument because um, the emotions are overriding what you're trying to, to communicate. So dispassionate communication is one. And then the other one is this practice called appreciative inquiry. So um, if we were to open our relationship, how would that make you feel? What does your ideal relationship look like? You're yeah asking questions i mean it's pretty much just asking questions to be honest but but yep. appreciative inquiry again is this a, it's a communication style it's a practice where um if two people are, are practicing appreciative inquiry where there's no sort of right or wrong answer you're not being offended you're just kind of unpacking something together through a lot of questions yeah. um, especially for guys who uh in particular because of you know, the masculine ideal we struggle to engage with and communicate around our emotions. I think learning about these systems is a great way to, uh, to find a way to unpack this. So, um, yeah, this is shout out to all the dudes out there. Um, if you're, <laughs> if, yeah, if you find communicating about these things really hard, yeah. um, see if you can find a method that you can use to, to, to help you get to, to a place where you can communicate well. Yeah. Yeah. Communication. So important. Mm -hmm. So important. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you want to share before we wrap up? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just encourage people to um, to read about it. Uh, yeah, again, uh, Ethical Slut's a fantastic, fantastic book um, that's really written in a style, uh, 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 both giving examples from the writer's lives, but also breaking down the various aspects of 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 polyamory and, and making it really accessible if you're curious about it whether you um uh are looking to become polyamorous or you are polyamorous and you just want to have a deeper understanding right. of say the language or or the history of of it i would totally recommend recommend that book perfect mm. perfect thank you so much i think that's Ooh, a wrap my pleasure yeah, yeah great hey lovely talking to you today this has been really fun yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day. Cheers. Same to you. Bye.